another recap, Girls Next Door recap episode of Lay Do You Remember This, a podcast about Hollywood's best first decade, the early 2000s. Today I am joined by two bright lights in a dark, dark world. <laughs> Chelsea and Donnie from, they, they have a great podcast, I was just on it, called I Am The Cute One, where they recap all the old Mary-Kate and Ashley I mean, I guess you would call them short films. They're not. <laughs> That's very generous of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's call it that. I don't know if anyone else will, but we certainly can here. Uh, well, I realized I was like, it's not a TV show. It's just uh, tiny bits of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just 23 minutes straight to VHS. Who could ask for anything more? Um, not, not me. I mean, I was, (laughs) I was a big fan of the, of the series back in the day. And then when you guys invited me to be on your podcast, I was so excited. And then I was like, kind of baffled with how bad they are. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, but so we will be discussing the girls next door. Um, I believe it's season three, episode 11. The episode where Holly has her Marie Antoinette themed birthday party. Um, And getting started, I ask everyone this. Did either of you have a relationship to the girls next door when it was on? And if so, what was it? (laughs) Like the show (laughs) or them personally? (laughs) Personally, yes. Like, do you know them personally? Can you hook me up? (laughs) Um, the show I did, I, I wasn't like a every weeker, but I did dabble in that world quite often. And then when my friend, my RA actually, when my RA in college got married, I made t-shirts naturally with the Girls Next Door logo on it where I was half and she and her husband and the maid of honor were the Girls Next Door. Nobody asked for that, but I decided to do it. I love that wow, you were that like is so nice. Yeah, I love that you were like, "Oh, it's your wedding, so I am Hugh Hefner." <laughs> yeah, I watched. I was the same. I watched the show. I definitely was dabbling at the time. I think that I did go back and do like a, a rewatch um, a couple of years ago, and then I did read Holly's book when it came out, and that mm. I think triggered me to watch to rewatch because once you read that book and then you watch it with fresh eyes, it's a lot darker. Than it initially oh, yeah. was the first go round. So in your podcast, you ask everybody, do they identify as a Mary Kate or an Ashley? Do you identify with any particular any particular girl? I always identified as a Bridget, and I don't know if I truly identify as a Bridget or if I just know that I don't identify as a Holly or Kendra, so I'm only left with Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I want to be a Bridget, but I think that I'm full Holly. I think that I am definitely more of a Holly and we'll get into it, but Kendra is my nemesis. I truly cannot stand her. And rewatching this episode, I was reminded that, ooh, it's tough. 
Now, see, Chelsea, famously, we are both talk slowers. I mean, slow talkers. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, we're something. And we pause in random places, you and I. Mm -hmm. And you said you are a, and I just assumed you were going to say Kendra. So that, (gasps) the end of that sentence really took a turn. Wow. Wow. Well, right here and now, we are breaking up. The I am the cute one is no more. Donnie called me a Kendra. Goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> now, now, what about Chelsea gives you Kendra vibes? She's sporty. Careful. That's mm. really it. That's, that's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say this often, um, you know, the thing that you hate in others is what you mm-hmm. recognize in yourself. And so maybe that is like your strong aversion to Kendra. Yeah, Kendra does have, like, an innate ability to make everything about herself. Like, I, and I know we will get to it, but, like, that bitch sat on the cake on purpose. Mm. And I do see traits of myself in that where I am (laughs) able to expertly navigate a conversation back to myself by any means necessary. Oh, I am the exact same way. I mean, truly, it's just, like, a running running monologue in my head of, like, (laughs) Dara, don't you dare bring this to you. Dar, don't you tell don't you tell them how how this also happened to you but like it wasn't that similar at all but you know but don't you think that's kind of like a prerequisite for having a podcast that you just like love to hear yourself talk and you feel like you have so much to say that you're like yes I'm actually going to start a podcast where I can talk and hope that people are also listening absolutely I, I mean at the end of the day the three of us have podcasts about like Mary Kate and Ashley and like <laughs> Paris Hilton, like and and we're all like, yes, the people need to hear my hard hitting opinions on these people. Like that's what the world needs most. I feel like it gives me an outlet to talk about these things, so I'm not only talking about myself. And truth be told, I am talking about myself on the podcast because I am known to go on tangents, but I feel like it's better here than like someone saying <laughs> you know like my dad died and I'm like that's okay I found a sale at Neiman Marcus last week that re- <laughs> really took a turn for a worse my dad died oh wow you know I have a dad <laughs> so I I get that wow he is living he is living very strong but man I get it oh. Um, so do you, do you, either of you remember this episode? Because I remember this episode being like, kind of burned in my brain of the handful of what I consider iconic episodes of the show. I I feel like this is one of them. Did you remember this episode at all? I agree 100%. I remember this episode vividly. Like I said, I didn't watch every episode of this series, but the ones that I did, this one stands out the most to me. And I feel like, in my mind at least, I don't know if like Girls Next Door lore, if this went down the same (laughs) way, but for me, like this fits in with like the slap on the real world, the Simple Life Sonic episode, the Janelle and Bo fight on Big Brother 6. Like this is iconic, memorable television for me. I agree. And I really do think it, it has three main components that made it iconic. One, the golf cart. Two, mm-hmm. that cake. And three, Holly looking just like 
a creamy little princess in <laughs> in that costume she wore. Yeah. Also Break the me. man oh. Sorry, also the man who like full on almost pooped his pants when Holly was trying to tell him that like he needed to tell Hef to postpone oh. movie night. That mm. is the moment that was burned into my brain. And I had forgotten about it until the moment I saw his leather jacket and it all came flooding back to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. This man literally like almost poops his pants on camera. <laughs> I love that scene. And I've rewatched it several times. <laughs> several times <laughs> just like over the course of um my rewatch of the show I, I always return to that moment um so it's Brian that they call him guest services I mean he's really just kind of like a house manager um mm-hmm. for you know and a house manager I've worked with extremely wealthy people and I w- was very shocked to see like this common thing where basically like rich adults have a babysitter that get them from point A to point B. And it feels like that's what Brian is uh, to have, like his, his lady sitter. Yeah. A babysitter that has no control over the child because the child will like throw a temper tantrum and he's like, yes, yes, sir. Yes. The movie is 123 minutes and I will start it at 630. Thank you. (laughs) So now I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. Go, go, go. My question is, do we know the estimated like, worth of either half or just the mansion in general or I don't know just answer some kind of money question for me because (laughs) in in the past I always had like a very clear vision that this was like paradise but watching through a 2021 lens it they all kind of seem like Tiger King people and like the mansion is not as gorgeous as I thought it's very great gardens adjacent for me doing a rewatch yes okay so first of all I I just want to put a pin in Tiger King because I have a theory (laughs) that I thought of because of Tiger King but to your money question so at this point the money is like really running out I don't know the Mm. exact number at this point in time but, um, like, so at this point in time, Hef does not even own the mansion. Oh. Playboy Enterprises owns the mansion. And then each of the bedrooms, um, he rents from <laughs> Playboy. So, like, uh, in Holly's book, she mentions, like, when the other girls moved out and there was all these extra rooms available, she asked Hef, can I take one of them as mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, my space away from you? Yeah. Okay. And he was like, absolutely not because I'll have to pay like, it's $12,000 a month for you to stay in that room. Mm. And, um, you're not worth that. Mm-hmm. So I, so at this point they're bleeding money and, you know, with this huge staff and everything, um, and they're not keeping up the place. Part of it is, I think, lack of money. Then, and then part of it is just um, Hef having just like a very Grey Gardens mm-hmm. vibe about him in general. Just like, um, just like a a mental illness, shall we say? Yeah, I think we shall. 
Because that was part of like the reason why they wanted to do this show is it was all smoke and mirrors. And he agreed to do it because basically he was going to present it as it was still so lavish in this lifestyle and like get people reinterested in Playboy because it was kind of like dying at that point and kind of like a joke, like a running joke. Like, yeah, people wanted to come to the mansion for these parties, but then you would go and it was kind of like the house is falling down around you type of thing. Yes, exactly. Well, okay, so my Tiger King um, theory, (laughs) I guess it's not really like a a theory, it's more of an observation, Um, but people who like to have rich people with exotic animals in their home Mm -hmm. are really special kind of, I don't know, psychopath. And Hef, of course, had, like, all of these exotic animals. He didn't have big cats, but I just find that there's, like, a real through line of strange rich people with Mm -hmm. exotic animals. Yeah, it just speaks to them thinking they can do, like, whatever the fuck they want. But it also speaks to, like, I just, whenever I see, like, an exotic bird in a backyard, I just think of how much shit there must be and how I definitely Mm -hmm. nobody is picking it up. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that Brian had to pick up bird shit? I mean, there was no bird in question here, but hypothetical bird shit? It would be his job, right? Well, hmm, no, I think it would be more um, kind of like a groundskeeper situation. Mm, but I do feel like animal excrement um, of animals, all, all types, shapes, sizes was like um, a very important job that somehow um, they never they never hired for because mm-hmm. the place was just always like littered with shit but they had so much <laughs> staff you'd think someone would have that on lockdown but it they just like a missing nobody's job. job description yeah it was just a missing job point <laughs> like everyone was like wait I thought you were picking up the shit oh my god no I thought you were picking up the shit uh-oh <laughs> Okay, so in this episode, Holly is turning 27. Now, was that age surprising to you at all? Did it evoke any feelings in either of you? Because I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was like simultaneously too old and too young. I couldn't (laughs) figure out what I was shocked about. Like, I was shocked. I literally gasped. And my husband was like, what's wrong? And I was like, Holly's turning 27. (laughs) But I couldn't tell if I was shocked because she was so old or so young. Because I remember watching it originally, and I know that she was, like, the mature one, right? Like, she was Hef's number one girlfriend. She was the one who always seemed to have, like, a good head on her shoulder. She was responsible. But then just feeling like, I don't know. I just, I truly don't know if it was, she was too old or too young. Yeah, I thought 24 or 35, nothing in between. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um yeah it it, she you she looks so youthful and then I mean I I feel like I say this in every single episode of this series is the hair just like ages everybody so much Mm -hmm. yes um I mean she's beautiful of course but yeah 27 just does not seem accurate (laughs) And I think I have to remember, like, she looked youthful in the early aughts, where we were all 
tanning ourselves within an inch of our leathery yes. little lives. Right. We we're all like, nobody looked youthful. I look back at pictures of me in like 2012 and I look older than I did today just because of like the style and the fashion and the hair. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, and it was like in to just look like a grease ball all the time. So for her <laughs> to look this youthful back then is like really amazing. Cause I'm like, what would you have looked like with like contour and Instagram filters at 27? You would have looked like a baby's bottom but at the same time it's like she has this weird quality and there's only I can't think of another example it'll come to me but like there's this certain specific element that and it's very rare in Hollywood where somebody looks really young for an old person like I would look at her and be like oh my god you look amazing for your age but it would be like I'm thinking she's 40 looking 27 and she still looks 27 so she it's great because she is 27. But in my mind, I'm like, wow, what a beautiful, youthful, middle-aged woman. And that's not even shade to her. I'm just trying, you know what I mean though? Well, I actually, I've always said that about Lisa Vanderpump. Like, Mm. she looks so amazing for her age of 70 years. (laughs) (laughs) And I know when I figured out like how old she was and I was like, oh, she just, okay. She, she looks, her, looks age. her age, but right. I, for some reason, was like, oh, yeah, it's, she's like 68, right? I don't know. <laughs> How old is Bridget? Because she's another one that I feel looks okay, so, good for old. No, she is actually, well, I don't want to say old, but I guess I can <laughs> say old because I think at this point she's like my age now. Mm. Um, so I can just call her <laughs> old. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I can say that about Jews. I'm Jewish. You know, like I'm 33. I can say this about 33. <laughs> um, but I think on this point, she's, she's like 33, 34. She's, okay. she's significantly older um, than Holly and Kendra. Okay. That's what I was going to guess. And she looks great too. And she also doesn't have the hair. Like her hair is still mm-hmm. a lot, but it's not that like bleached hay hair that the other two have and so like she looks they all look amazing it's just uh, yeah 27 I'm still shooketh it's um you know what I think it's great to look that way at 27 because imagine you know if you really if you really grow into your um agelessness like Holly's still very ageless to me definitely yes for sure um okay so Moving along in the episode, the the big, I guess, um, B-plot here is Kendra not knowing what to wear, <laughs> which I, Chelsea, I, I'm, I'm looking for you to really, like, go off because <laughs> I'm just Asking di- you shall receive. <laughs> I'm just dying to know how long did she know about this party and she just, you know did not even consider looking for an outfit until the day of. Yeah, so I'm going to go off. Thank you for giving me permission (laughs) for it. So a couple things. You saying that, you know, the things that we see in others are things that we don't like about ourselves, it's really resonating with me now that I'm about to call her a brat because I am the world's (laughs) biggest brat. And I think that she just has that, like, bratty little sister quality about her. And Mm -hmm. the difference is I am down with a costume party. I will go out. I will 
I will plan, I'm beginning to plan my Halloween costume for next year and it's November. <laughs> like I am that bitch. I am that person. Donnie's the same way. So I would not be this way about a costume, but I do think that she thought this theme was dumb. It was a night that mm-hmm. wasn't about her and she was going to find a way to make it about her. And it's like, yeah, how long did you know about this? And not only that, but like, Holly was so generous to give her a costume. Now it yes. was a snow white costume, but I thought oh. it was like so sweet. She was like, it's chargers colors. You're good. And she still like goes out of her way to wear a pirate costume. It's like, come on, come on. Yes. I, that's what really bothered You know, so this is maybe like the third time I've watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and in this rewatch, I really saw, like, how, because I hate just, like, unabashedly hating on Kendra, because I'm like, you know what, she she's someone that would really annoy me, but, you know, she's young, I'll, I try to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she has so many moments in this episode where she's just, like, rolling her eyes, she thinks everything is so stupid, yeah, and she can't just say to herself, you know what, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make Holly feel good and wear the thing that she spent money on and took the time to pick out. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to, you know, wear something that normally I wouldn't. But she, like, cannot concede it. Yeah, and I don't even mind. The pirate costume didn't even look bad when she pulled the sleeves off. No. Like, what yeah. she showed yeah. up in was fine. I think it fit the theme well enough. It tricked me. But... <laughs> For for Holly to have known that she needed a costume means that she was making a big enough deal about waiting to the last minute and not having a costume. And that is where, like, she could have brought you a Miss Piggy costume with a Muppet headpiece and you still <laughs> should have wore it because you went out of your way to tell the birthday girl that you were unprepared. Yes. I did think it was funny because Donnie and I are both like costume party dictators. And this is something both of us would do to like supply costumes to people to make sure they showed up on theme. Because on one hand, I was like, this is so thoughtful. And it like speaks to how Holly is really always paying attention and really always like looking out for people. And that she, even if Kendra wasn't making a big deal to her, she like inherently knew that Kendra would be like freaking out last minute not having a costume and not prepared. But at the same time, I do believe Holly had like an alternative motive to be like, this bitch better show up in costume because she's going to show up in her low rise jeans and take all the attention away from me. But I also like the thing about this show is I think the juxtaposition of the way that Bridget and Holly treat each other versus how Kendra approaches them. And I understand to get like dark for a moment that this house was like just a house of horrors like it was so trauma filled and they were all just like doing their best because it was a very like stressful chaotic time for everybody and everybody deals with stress in different ways but just like seeing like Bridget go out of her way to like have all these like thoughtful on theme gifts and she has her costume ready and then you see Kendra like rolling her eyes and being like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it's tough to see especially knowing that Holly put in the time but yeah you're completely right that she also was I think that is like actually the crux of the relationship between Holly and Kendra and just Holly and any other girlfriend besides Bridget like the other Mm -hmm. girlfriends that she had problems with before the show is I 
think that she does have good intentions, but there is like, um, there is always an ulterior motive as well that serves her. And I think like people sense that in her mm. and they like glom onto like whatever this ulterior motive is that she's, mm -hmm. that's under the surface. Like Kendra, I feel like Kendra looked at that outfit and instead of thinking like, oh, she put in the time to get it and she thought like it's Chargers colors. Like she was thinking of me in this moment. Yeah. All she could think of was, oh, she wants me to wear this stupid thing. Of course I wouldn't like this. Why would, why would she think that? She just wants mm -hmm. me to have a stupid dress for her stupid party. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be both. Like, I think Holly was looking out for her, but it's in that older sister type of way of like, yeah, I'm going to make sure that you show up in a costume, but it's also going to be Snow White. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, on some level, she really should have known that Kendra's not a Disney adult. She She's not <laughs> going to wear that. Like, I, I'm surprised that she didn't make that connection but she just was so fixated i guess on oh it's chargers colors but uh, yeah but it would have i think she would have stood out more if she would have wore that like I that agree. was less on brand than what she ended up wearing i completely agree and it almost makes me wonder um i hate to like ruin the illusion if <laughs> If that, her picking out that dress was actually just, like, production, um, mm. knowing that, knowing that Kendra would never wear that, but it's, it just gives Kendra an opportunity to have, like, some small sort of conflict, like, oh, I'm not wearing what she picked out. Yeah. Yeah. Who can, who can say? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then Bridget goes to Anaheim to uh, pick up Holly's golf cart. I mean, just truly a beautiful, beautiful piece of machinery that I do love that um, she she's like, well, Hef knew that Holly really wanted a golf cart for her 27th birthday, and he gave me full reign to do whatever I wanted. Like, does this man even know it's her 27th birthday? Like... <laughs> I, I don't buy for two seconds that he was like, Bridget, go to Anaheim and build Holly the golf cart of her <laughs> fucking dreams. <laughs> and also, like, free reign to do whatever you wanted. It wasn't really that big of a responsibility. As soon as they said, like, she wants a golf cart, I knew exactly what this golf cart was going to look like. Like, just a Barbie convertible as a golf cart. You didn't need someone that, like, knows her and is, like, sisters with her. Anyone that even slightly knows who Holly is could have put this golf cart together. They're like, make sure it's pink and an advertisement for Playboy. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Done and done. <laughs> also, I'm just picturing Bridget, like, driving the golf cart back from Anaheim to Beverly Hills. <laughs> that, now that's a misproduction note to have her like in the middle of the highway. Like, <laughs> 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 
The thing about the reality shows from this time period, it's like they are simultaneously so low stakes, but also set so high stakes. And they do all these like quirky little editing bits. And when poor Hank takes that drop, takes that golf cart and is like driving around the compound with it, there was like straight up 007 music playing. And I was on the edge of my seat. And then he just like <laughs> casually parks it, like literally going like, two miles per hour parks it perfectly fine but the editors add this like crash sound effect and i was like oh my god i'm gonna have a heart attack they just ruined holly's birthday present she has been wanting this golf cart for so long and now hank has ruined everything but no just a sound effect never talked of again totally fine they do so many silly sound effects of just like things crashing it's just like um that that scene in It's a Wonderful Life where, like, um, the uncle walks off off screen and, like, you just hear a crash. But I will say that, um, here, any film fans out there, uh, fun fact, he actually, uh, walked out of that scene and, like, did crash, like, into the craft service table or something. Oh my god. So they left it in, uh, you know, fun fact. Wow, that (laughs) is a fun fun fact. (laughs) Jinx. Um, My biggest takeaway with this whole golf cart thing was when Hef wanted to put it in the garage, and he says, open sesame. (laughs) I, I, it's sesame, right? It's supposed to be sesame? It's sesame, baby. It's open sesame. That's what I, I thought. But then, like, he was alive for the creation of this phrase. So I was like, whatever he says must be right. I've been wrong this whole time. I feel like Hef was really on one in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he was doing a lot of, like, little head bobs and, like, plays <laughs> on words. Like, when she's opening her presents um, at the actual party, he says something like, Oh, he gives her uh, a slice of cake that was like, um, it's like a screen printed cake with her picture on it as Marie Antoinette. And he hands her uh, the slice with her face on it. And he goes, oh, give give me a little head. (laughs) So gross. It's like such a stretch. He is like, it's so wild. Like he really was like the epitome of the creepy old man. Like even the way he laughs, he's like, Mm -hmm. heh, heh. It's just like, oh, you can just like feel that like hot scotch breath, just like breathing down your neck of like, it's like, oh, God. Uh. Yeah, just lecherous, creepy old man energy. And Mm -hmm. just, um, you know, like he has dad jokes, but they're all sexual in nature, which makes him creepy grandpa. Yeah. Yes. It's very like Mia's husband from Potomac this season. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. You're so right. It's wow. very like uncle you haven't seen in a while at a graduation party that comes up to you and is like, my, haven't you grown? It's like, yeah, oh Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you give him like a cocktail or two and it's just like every joke out of their Uh mouths is like a sexual innuendo because they don't know how to like relate with anyone yes (laughs) wow that was donnie that was that really that really resonated with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Glad I could help. Um, so Bridget brings back the golf cart and then we have like a big, a big thing of Holly snooping around looking for stuff, (laughs) (laughs) looking for her presence. And this is actually a a theme that I've seen a lot throughout the series of Holly, um, snooping. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, are either of you snoopers? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> very much so. Um, I okay. So here's the thing. I, in like terms of surprises, I love to be surprised. I don't love knowing a surprise is coming. Like same. Yeah. If you're gonna give me a surprise party or even like a surprise Christmas gift, whatever, then just do it. But like, for me to have any hint of it, then I need every detail, and I will snoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Same. I am definitely a super duper snooper. Not a Mary Kate and Ashley callback, but um, bump. But no, I am very much a snooper. And this was the scene that I was like, yes, I am definitely a Holly because I need to know everything. I famously every year tell my husband that I would like a surprise party and then tell him what date I would like it on. And he's like, but that's just a, that's just a party. That's not a surprise party. And I just love the image of Holly just like popping out from behind corners being like I heard that and I just like I found it so funny that like and that's another Kendra thing like Kendra was ready to throw that poor man under the bus when they are both talking about it loud you know Kendra saw Holly in the next room and was like Hank did you just bring back the present did she see it like Kendra was setting poor Hank up oh she was you're so right because she knew exactly what she was doing. And it is such an interesting episode of their relationship with each other of just like the absolute tussle for attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the different Mm -hmm. styles of getting it. Yes. Ooh. Oh, the different styles of getting it. Like Holly is so much more subtle about it. Yeah. And I guess maybe that comes with age and wisdom, 27 years of wisdom. I also think not like looks, I don't think it's a looks thing, but I think Holly naturally gets it so she doesn't have to fight for it. Like she's a Marsha Brady and Kendra is very much Jan to me. I think she's a Jan that thinks she's a Marsha, though. Like, I don't think Kendra has any self-esteem issues. I think she, like, and that's what originally, like, I really did like and resonate with Kendra the first time I watched it, which is funny because, like, now looking back, I just, she just, like, rubs me the wrong way. But originally, like, I liked that she was a little rough around the edges, that she, like, has been through so much that she, like, really, like, fought her way to where she was and she, like, carved out she was like a she was a hustler she was like she figured out a way to make it work for her and I always thought that was really cool and you see that play out of she's gonna like win by any means necessary but she also like doesn't realize that she's not necessarily like on the same playing field but at the same time I think that Hef kind of liked that and that kind of threw Holly specifically for a loop of like well wait a second I'm playing by all the rules and now she gets to come in and kind of do whatever she wants and be the wild child and you love her for it but I'm being punished for like wearing red lipstick Mm. well that's interesting you say that too because I was just watching um Holly does these like 
she does recaps of the girls next door on her YouTube channel. Mm. And she was um, recapping the episode where they're in Chicago, like visiting all of Hef's old haunts. And there's like a moment where they're very clearly making fun of Kendra um, for being a ditz or whatever. And she kind of got into the dynamic of what, how Hef used that to upset Bridget and Holly, which was um, he would really like reward Kendra for her ditzy behavior and be like, isn't she so funny? Isn't like, we, we love how like spirited and silly and, oh, she doesn't know these words. And Holly and Bridget took it very much as a slight against them because he knew how important it was to them to be educated and to learn Mm -hmm. and to be smart. And they like, that was like their big, I think that was like also a reason why they would often be at odds is they prided themselves on being smart and being interested people, intelligent people. And I feel like they thought Kendra made them look bad. Well, it was like they were always fighting against the stereotype of what people would assume about them as Uh Hef's girlfriends and Playboy bunnies and, you know, kind of what society in general in that toxic ass time period specifically would have thought of them. And then Kendra comes in and Hef almost like rewarded her for going into all those stereotypes. And I don't think that Kendra was playing a part. I think she's very like, you can say a lot about her, but I do believe she's like very much authentically herself which yes. is refreshing. Like it's always refreshing to be around a person, even if they drive you batshit. Like there's something very freeing about being around somebody who is authentically 100% themselves. Cause it kind of gives you permission to do the same, but that's in a situation where there's not this guy that's like literally playing mind games to like pit you against each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so, and she is so unapologetically herself because she, it, and I wonder where that comes from um, in the pathology of it all. But, like, the fact that she just can't wear the Snow White outfit. She she could not possibly put that on because that wasn't her. And, like, she also, um, she would never put on the bunny costume because there was something about it that she was just like, it's not me. And she was like, she knew how much half wanted her to wear it. And she knew that Holly and Bridget thought it was weird that she refused to wear it, but she was like, I just can't, I can't do it. I don't want to. And it's not me. So I won't do it. But you know, God bless. Yeah. Yeah. There's a disconnect. I think from her, like wanting to be seen as a child, like it's, she pulls away from that childhood stuff where like, I feel the Playboy Mansion is this big emphasis on, you know, like being girly and being a little girl and being all of this stuff. And that is the stuff like the Snow White costume and the bunny costume. And that is the stuff that Kendra pulls away from. And Mm. I think she's fine being immature, but like this vision of being a little girl, for whatever reason, she that is really where she draws the line. I wonder if it's also... um like yeah from her being a child and not being seen in her own childhood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not being like completely understood 
of how like important to her it was in her adulthood to um, set herself apart and be seen and you know no one can overlook her or make her be who she doesn't want to be because like you have to see me and who I am right I mean is this too deep for No, I think we are as deep as it really is. Like Chelsea brought up earlier, there was that trauma there and there was that whatever. And I do think even like how it is Tiger Kingy and how it is like it really is that episode of Doug where Roger's house was just like a cardboard cutout of a mansion and then it fell over and he really lived like in a trash can or whatever. I I think that is how this this episode really as soon as like I thought I saw like a dirty garage in the back or like Hank was wearing jeans and a polo as his uniform and I was like something's not right here but then when Holly said she wanted a golf cart for her um birthday present golf carts are very hit or miss like you're very wealthy or you're very not wealthy (laughs) so that is where my eyes were opened i would argue that the golf cart owning ratio to the exotic pet ratio the venn diagram is just two circles on top of each other (laughs) yeah like the same type of rich person Uh but yeah it it it's just interesting, and I think the magic of this show is, number one, like, it's just such a moment in time, and you can watch it, and it really does just, like, hit on all the nostalgia factors, but also, like, the more you know about it in the backstory, like, the producers and the editors were giving us, like, a little wink and a nod even back mm-hmm. then, because there were, like, a couple things that Holly said that, like, in the moment, you could think that she's just, like, playing up, like, my life is great, but there were some quotes that she had in her confessionals that were so dark one of the things was she said it's not that I don't like surprises it's just that I don't want people to hide things from me Mm -hmm. and then and then it ends with her saying I guess that's what happens when your life is perfect and I was like this shit is dark oh yeah oh yeah (sighs) that that is so I I feel like Holly especially um and I think Bridget does it too because I think they're so um, willing to kind of be the cogs for the producers of and yeah. like for Playboy of building it up and saying like how aspirational everything is. Um, mm-hmm. But Holly is always saying stuff of like, my life is perfect and I have the mm-hmm. best life in the world and I get everything and Hef has and Hef is like the most interesting man in the world, my Mm -hmm. puffin. And it's just like, I, I don't know how I watched it. It didn't go. uh, uh, I don't know if, um, (laughs) well, I think also we're like primed more now because it's very reminiscent of the Instagram couple. Like I always say, if a couple on Instagram writes a caption that's like words cannot describe if the instagram caption is more than six sentences long they are headed for a breakup like it's that (laughs) doth protest too much thing like whenever i see a couple on instagram post a selfie like through the ups and downs i got you babe i'm like oh you're in a down (laughs) and it is ending 
Yeah, I also think the early years of reality TV, it was like all Instagrammy kind of, where like everything was filtered almost. And I don't mean like the footage, but I mean like in terms of the story we were given, it wasn't edited and produced, but it was still packaged to us in a way where like we weren't supposed to see the dark in it. Yes, and not realizing that I feel like the more you try to hide the darkness, mm-hmm. it the more it like seeps out in weird yeah. ways and like you still get those glimpses of it. Like there's just simply no way to truly hide it, especially when you're actively trying to. Mm-hmm. If you're a Definitely. savvy, savvy viewer yeah. watching it 20 years later. <laughs> As it was intended to be viewed. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Instagram couples, the, uh, this couple is someone I would love to find on Instagram. If anyone um, knows where they are, the couple that wins the contest to go to Holly's birthday. Um, what did you think of their costumes? <laughs> Okay, hers, I thought she was dressed better than half the Playmates. His yes. didn't really fit the theme. Um, so I had He was going to Kendra's that. party, his Kendra's pirate party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I, what was I going to say about them? I, first of all, I want to know what the contest was. I want to know what these two people had to do. Was it just like sending in box tops? Did they have to make a video? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> I need to know. Did they have to pay rent on one of the rooms in a sweet state? <laughs> I feel like they had to like rent the golf cart, drive it in, like ballet everyone for the evening. Like I don't know. I, they I don't were the feel- ones cleaning up the bird poop in the backyard. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. Well, they sat. They were sat at a separate table. They didn't even get to mingle with people. Okay, so that's so funny that you noticed that because. Um, I forget where Holly said it. It might be in the DVD extras um, in the commentary. Uh, She was like, oh, I got so much crap from everyone that I sat them somewhere else. And people were like, oh, did did you not want to actually interact with like the plebs? And she was Mm -hmm. like, I just thought that like, if I were at a party with a bunch of people I didn't know, I would want to sit by myself too. Oh my god. <laughs> but see, this is why I am a Holly because I saw that situation and I was like, oh, that would be such a relief because this type of thing, like I I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. Donnie knows I am famously so bad with celebrities. Like I do the weirdest <laughs> shit. I told a story on I am the cute one of the time that I saw Shailene Woodley in an airport. <laughs> and this was like um pregnant like secret life of a American teenage years like this was not anything that she's done since then this was like her CW shit she was going down an escalator and I was going up and I literally gasped and full out like full arm (laughs) pointed at her and I got to the top of the escalator and my husband was like what the fuck was that and I was like that was Shailene Woodley and he's like I mean I know but like you just pointed at her like you were at a zoo. So like if I were in that situation, I would need like to take 10, sit at a table by myself, collect myself. Like that is not a situation I would ever want to find myself in. Huh. 
Donnie I would be dancing can't. on the table for entertainment. Yeah, I truly can't relate. They'd be cleaning up my feces in the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have gone into that being like, this will not be a successful evening if I don't walk away with, like, everybody's phone number and, like, everyone's my new best friend. And they're like, you know what? You should be one of the girlfriends. That's exactly how I think. I worked, not anymore, thank God, things have changed, but I used to work at Bubblegum Shrimp Company, and the owner, Tillman Fertitta or Fertata or something, he's like a billionaire, and he has all these different restaurants, and he had a reality show that was kind of like um, Shark Tank, except with restaurants, and he filmed an episode at our restaurant, and when I went in for my shift, I was a server, that's it, just a server, I went in for my shift, and I was like, like they're gonna give me a spinoff. <laughs> Newsflash, they didn't, but I really was dead set. Like I went in with a haircut. I, I was dressed to impress. See, this is the Gemini in me because I want to be the center of attention and I want to be famous. But if I were in that situation of being in that Playboy mansion, I would be like Holly popping around corners, just being like, I heard that. I heard that. Like, I would be like, like, you would see me in the background, just like lurking behind a statue, just like taking it all in, but not saying a fucking word to anyone. <laughs> like you're a Muppet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'll never be able to get just like visions of both of you at this party, like <laughs> lurking and, is, and also dancing together. on tables. Yes. <laughs> we would go together that's why we're the perfect duo i would do the that's recon true. i would be the spy and donnie would just be like full on doing show tunes in the corner for everybody yeah right? and i think that's why we're a good duo because i would be doing things nobody asked for so then it would put the pressure on me and people would i don't want to say ignore you but when they're like where's security to get rid of this guy it lets it gives you that moment you need to yourself uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah you guys just like it, the party would be over and you'd be like oh I haven't seen you for three hours <laughs> well okay so wrapping up the episode Kendra you know the big the big climax uh, she sits in the fucking cake mm. and you know Chelsea I never considered that she did it on purpose until you suggested that and I think she did it on purpose. Yeah, because then she got the attention, the cake was ruined, and, like, Hef was laughing at her, like, with her, in that way that you talked about earlier of, like, isn't she so silly? Oh, she's so ditzy. Oh, that's just Kendra. And so she was successful in taking away the attention from Holly and getting, most importantly, Hef's attention on her. Yeah. I will argue, though, that that cake was ruined as soon as it was made. <laughs> but but I, my eyes were just really open this entire episode to how non-glamorous we're working with here. But I do yeah. understand what you're saying, and I agree that. Well, speaking of non-glamorous, I know that you're trying to wrap us up here, so I do apologize. <laughs> no, but no. we do need to talk about these, like, portraits she had made that oh, were basically, like... It was truly, like, I get an ad on Instagram where I can, like, make my dog a soldier 
and it's in that same styling. Like this is one of the many targeted ads that Instagram thinks that I must have. And let's be real, I'm probably going to order it in the next six months because I buy anything I see enough on Instagram. I'm like, all right, fine. You convinced me. But I love that it was like presented as like this man had like painted them for yes. her. And I'm like, this is like the most lowbrow shit. And again, Hef doesn't even pay attention to Holly's. He like goes right up to his portrait and he's mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Here's the thing. If he, if that man truly painted it himself, <laughs> they were pretty good. But if they're photoshopped, which I think they were, it is terrible. And yes. more importantly, you could tell that Bridge, I mean, that Holly thought they were terrible because it was very like Christmas morning getting yes, a pair of socks yes. and you have to, she's like, oh my God. And then even better than her reaction, the painter then really had to lay it on because here's a camera in his face and his art is not being appreciated. He was like, you like it, right? It's good. You think it's beautiful? She's like, I think it's beautiful. He's like, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> if you have to say it, it might be not true. Yeah. I think Hef's head so small. Hef's head and was her so, head is so big. Yes. Like her face, <laughs> like her face was huge and like didn't fit on the head. And then Hef's head was like a little shrunken head. Yes. It, it was, was very face and hole, you know, face yes, and hole dot com, yeah. like in that time period. Actually, you know what? Face and hole was of that era, wasn't it? Like I, I bet yeah. he did a face and hole and then he just cropped it. So it didn't say face and hole dot com at the bottom. <laughs> I think that wow. is absolutely what happened because, and I think um, Holly's reaction is also compounded by, by the fact that like, so Mark was the guy who every year would do the painted ladies for different parties. And like, mm. that's how half met Kendra. She was a painted lady and he, he paints all the ladies. Now, as you can imagine, you know, painting women's bodies doesn't, <laughs> it might not translate to, um, to different skill set, <laughs> different skill set. And I, I wonder if like on some level, Holly thought that he would like, really paint it or something and she's like oh okay I could have done that myself oh you went to jibjab.com got it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) um so finally Holly opens her presence um and she opens her presence in front of everyone uh like a child's birthday and I feel like it's another Grey Gardens thing and a sort of like, oh, is there money here? Because I can't believe at how like low budget every one of her presents yes. was. Like yeah. a, a t-shirt that says Paris girl. <laughs> and then Bridget, the gift Bridget was most excited to give her was that CD. Well, first of all, it was like a doll from Walmart of like a Parisian girl. And then a CD from like some French film or something. But the CD was clearly a burned copy in like a clear case. Yeah, it was so, like, they went to Claire's and have this, like, go wild, ladies. Just anything you want from the $5 rack. Just do it. And I, like, I get that everything's on theme. I think that she actually weirdly, like, really appreciated that everybody went all out. But it's, like, that element of, like... I I love knickknacks. I love like little clusters of nonsense. 
decorated all around my house, but like I hate just like clutter and trash. Mm -hmm. And that's all stuff that would like immediately go in the trash. Like, oh great, an Eiffel Tower clock from Five Below. Wonderful. Oh, this doll (laughs) that now I have to like have watch me sleep at night. Wonderful. Oh, a bra that you have personally bedazzled that says I love Hef. Like none of that all of that was very like person that you just met or like 13th birthday party. Yes. Like so weird. Well, I'm kind of, I do think like, I think you're right. Holly really did appreciate and really liked everything. Like I thought she was very genuine in her reactions to everything, Mm -hmm. but I can't figure out if it's like, um, an immaturity or like coming from a humble background thing because on some level, I think Holly is like very childlike and in Mm -hmm. other, other accounts of her that I've read, people have been like, oh, like her and Bridget were like little girls who like to like collect little girl stuff. And it was like really weird that they spent their money on this stuff. Um, So I don't know if it's that or if it's also coming from like a lower income background where instead of like wanting to focus your money on like something more expensive you buy like a bunch of small things to just like Mm -hmm. accumulate stuff Mm -hmm. I can't tell which it is but like if I was 27 years old and I got all that junk (laughs) I would be very annoyed it's like a party favor at a five-year-old's birthday like oh great I have a bunch of stuff that I'm gonna like half use once and then they're gonna be worthless and broken but I also think it does just go back to like some of the stuff she talked about in her book of just this was an opportunity this party was about her and so Mm -hmm. the fact that like people took the time to think about what she wanted and get her things that were on theme that was a theme she chose that was a theme she wanted that was like Paris and Parisian and like all the things that she wanted like I do think it was a genuine reaction like she was so thankful and appreciative that people took the time to think of her because I think like in a fucked up way and sorry I keep making this dark but like (laughs) I do think that like in a fucked up way like she is so not seen every other day of the year that like they could have given Mm. her like a bag of dog shit and and been like I thought of you when I saw this because it was shaped like the Eiffel Tower and she would have like (laughs) taken it and been like thank you for thinking of me yes oh this is a very poop heavy episode i'm sorry dara (laughs) that's what happens when you get me i'm sorry Dara. (laughs) i think that you just like really can't avoid it when you're talking about the playboy mansion like (laughs) you can't avoid the poop both spiritually and literally (laughs) next time you have me on i'll tell you the story of the time i pooped in a mcdonald's bag but That'll be a little teaser <laughs> for your listeners. <laughs> wow. Ooh, a little, a little, a little tease. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this was a true and utter delight. I feel like we really had some thoughtful, thoughtful points. Do you have, do either of you have any parting shots on the episode, on, on the gals in general, anything else? Do I? <laughs> yes, I do. I know you said parting, so and it's like three paragraphs long, but I'll make it really quick. <laughs> I 
just would like to reiterate how mad I was about some of these costumes. For instance, instance, number one, it really pissed me off that Hef was in his robe. He was not dressed to theme. Um, That bothered me the most. And what also bothered me is when that bitch in the blue dress said, oh, I look like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell's dress is green. And (laughs) I hate, I hate when people make incorrect costume references. That's all. Final thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that people needed to hear that. That was in- my face is red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm flushed. Oh. Chelsea, any any anything to add? <laughs> no, I no, was kind of yeah. I was I was waiting for the rant from Donnie because he really does have a lot to say about costumes. No, I just think in general, we were talking before we started recording and this, we're recording this the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And this truly cured me of my Sunday scaries because I had forgotten, not forgotten about the show, but there's something magical about going back and watching this. And just this period of time, reality television, because like, we didn't understand it yet. I get to like put myself back in that mindset of just like enjoying trash for trash's sake. And I really felt like I was in the gutter. I was in the trenches of the trash and I very much enjoyed myself. So thank you so much for having us on. Yes. Thank you. (sighs) Thank you guys. I mean, yeah, you're totally right. Like um, you watch real housewives or like Beverly Hills and you're like, Oh, they've got nothing. They've got nothing this season. And there was a point in time where <laughs> you would sit and watch a 27-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> and like that's that's what nothing is. And yet <laughs> and yet it's it's nice if you just if you just let yourself luxuriate in the nothingness, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I will say we were like 20 minutes into this episode and I expected, you know, a full length thing. So I hit pause and then there was only three minutes left. I said, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But I did enjoy myself. (laughs) Yeah, it can't, it could not be any longer. And it's also the reason why this show could never exist. One of the many reasons why the show could never exist today is you never see a half hour or 22 minute reality show anymore. They always try yeah. and fluff it up, which is like what they did with the Hills, which used to be a 22 minute show. And yeah. now they try and elongate it. And it's like, babe, you got mm-hmm. nothing here. Let's just <laughs> get in and get out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, we can do anything for 22 minutes, and that proof is in the pudding with our podcast because we watch Mary-Kate Nashley sing for 22 minutes, and if you can do that, my God, you can do anything. Oh, you could <laughs> do <true>. anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Donnie and Chelsea, tell, tell everyone where they can, they can find you both, your Instagrams, your, your podcast. <laughs> sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Donnie Hadfield Smith. And you can listen to Chelsea and I together on I Am the Cute One. Or you can listen to me with my husband on Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. And both podcasts are available wherever you get your shows. Oh, my God. I didn't know you had another podcast with your husband. That is so (laughs) chic. That is so chic. (laughs) 
And the two there used of to be them... three of us, um, but then we he killed him. Uh, there's a true crime podcast about that coming out um no he um stepped away to pursue a a career in writing so my husband and i said let's rebrand the people love a gay interracial relationship let's give the people what they want you simply must give the people what they want (laughs) and i will say my favorite thing is listening to you and quinn argue about things just like (laughs) mundane marriage things because every single week I go back and forth of whose team I'm on and I like to text Donnie and let him know whose team I'm on so I like to think that like you know in my mind there's like a point sheet somewhere in their house where they're like oh Chelsea is on my team this week for this fight there is you don't need to imagine that (laughs) a court court I hope yeah I'm I'm going to get immersed in your podcast and then I'm going to choose a side, and then I'm going to make t-shirts. Oh, we <laughs> like, love merch. You know, only little... if you make Donnie hef. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can only do that for my wedding. <laughs> I just really also, miss... Also, I'm so... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I miss, like, the Team Aniston, um, Team oh, yeah. Team Jolie... Uh, shirts, and I just really need to find another team to get on. And, and you know, I know Hollister made so much money with team shirts. Mm-hmm. I had the team Elsie and the team Kristen shirts because oh I couldn't decide. <laughs> For a while, Donnie and I toyed around with the idea of having merch that said Donnie is the cute one or Chelsea is the cute one. <laughs> but then I thought my feelings would get too hurt if like Donnie sold out and nobody bought mine. So you know, I had to protect oh. my ego. Oh, is that why we didn't go forward? <laughs> I think that's fair. That would break me. TBH. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you both are absolute true delights. This was, I think, I think, I think we got a great episode on our hands. All right. (laughs) Wait, can I tell the people where to follow me? Oh yes, yes, yes! Please, please. No, I mean, we sorry. have Donnie's we, the cute one. We have said that Donnie's the one dancing on the table, and I'm lurking behind the corner. So this is proverbially popping out and saying, "I heard that." <laughs> but you can follow me at Ono Bravo on Instagram, and then I have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/OnoBravo, where I do recaps of all current Bravo shows with my sister-in-law. It's super fun. This past week's episode we recorded right before Thanksgiving, and we were like, "We're going to keep it short." we've got a pack for thanksgiving and then we proceeded to just talk shit about my family for like a half hour and thank god it's behind a paywall like my mom is a subscriber but she can't she can't figure the darn thing out so i think we're safe but go over there if you want any bravo content i'm actually more interested in like hearing your family drop (laughs) there was a lot of speculation about how the turkey was going to come out but you know Hmm. it we survived i haven't gotten food poisoning yet Knock on wood. <laughs> it usually takes a few days, but I think you're you're just passing the window. Thank God. <laughs> okay, well, uh, listeners, you're listening to me, so you know where to find this podcast. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow us on Instagram and TikTok and, you know, you, you know what to do. I trust you guys. <laughs> All right, bye.